B2B Marketing Podcast. My name is David Rowlands. I'm Head of Content at B2B Marketing. And I'm joined today by uh, Katie King, who's many things. So Katie, first things first, can you please tell us a bit about yourself and your background in B2B? Absolutely, David. Thank you very much. Great to be here. So I am 30 years in marketing, very heavily skewed to B2B. Spent many years with digital, so ahead of the pack, I like to think, with uh, digital applying it, getting involved and doing two TEDx on it. And then everyone caught up. Everyone was half my age. I was out of London by then and I thought I need something to differentiate me and future-proof me. So I've written two books. One came out in January, all about AI in marketing and sales and customer experience. And the previous one in uh, March 2019. Fantastic. So you are obviously, like you say, you know, a little bit of an expert in, in all things AI. Um, and you're going to be speaking at our conference, Ignite London. Um, and I'll get on to a little bit more about that shortly. I'm not going to ask you to give away your whole session because obviously we want people to actually attend your session and come to the event. Um, but why do you think marketers actually need to be thinking about AI in 2022? Yeah, great question. Like I say, I mean, I'm having to keep iterating and future-proofing myself. But I think today... They can't afford to ignore this kind of technology. If we'd had this podcast a year ago, you know, things were slightly different. People were sceptical and rightly so. But I think things have irreparably changed. You know, we hear about the pandemic speeding up the digitalization. That doesn't necessarily speed up adoption of AI, but it paves the way for it. So we've had many years of, um, you know, the internet and smart technology. So we've got the data, we've got all the ingredients now to take advantage of it. And I think consumers, both in, you know, in B2B, B2C, people have changed their habits, they've changed their expectations, and marketers have got to evolve with that. So it really is about, you know, deciding not how can tech replace us, because that's certainly not what we're trying to do, but just like software as a service and the way that I've worked with my accountant, for example, for 12 years, how can we as B2B marketers use the latest tools and technologies to give us the insights so that what we do is no longer guesswork? And it's deep, personalized insights that enabled us to, you know, to, to offer the right kind of service. Yeah. So you mentioned there that you think, you know, marketers can't afford to not think about AI. Why do you think that is? You know, what are some of the applications of AI in B2B marketing? Yeah, absolutely. So many, many, you know, multifaceted. From an organizational point of view, in many industry sectors, we could use it operationally. But when we think about it in marketing, like I say, it's, you know, whether you're a law firm, financial services, whatever sector you're in, it's really working out how can I understand my customer, what my client often is the terminology, isn't it? And and what they do and how can I get more clients like that? And how can I make sure that I service, you know, their needs really well? It might be content marketing for that particular customer. It might be, um, it might be sort of like doing a, a deep dive from a sales point of view and making sure that I use the right headline in the uh, B2B e-shots that are going out, sort of optimize, you know, what they're actually doing. So I think there's some of the examples, you know, you could go deeper and you could get into um, the customer journey and the journey that you take them on through the website and through all the different B2B and B2C channels. But, you know, there's some of the examples that, that I've found, you know, and I've researched for the book as well. 
Mm. And we'll move on from AI in just a moment. But is it something that you think most marketers are capable of implementing with a current skill set? Or do you think it's something that really is going to require a lot of training or potentially even some specialist hires? Yeah, no, that's a really good question because people, you know, what AI is not the big shiny robot coming and taking all of our jobs. You know, it's um, a better term for it is augmented intelligence rather than artificial. And so I think as marketers, you know, we the, the tools have been created such that on the whole, they are quite user friendly. And actually, when we talk about AI marketing, very accessible from a cost point of view. So they can, for example, you know, Brandwatch or MailChimp and Frazy and Concured, you know, there are affordable tools that are just enhanced, perhaps from elements of what we might have used before. So it might be a CRM package from, um, you know, loads of different providers that all of a sudden a marketer can use very easily. And then there might be some upskilling needed. You know, it doesn't mean they have to go away and do a PhD in data science. Clearly, that's not what most of us marketers are. You know, we've come from a different bias. If you're going newly into marketing, it helps to be very tech savvy and to maybe do a course on AI, again, not learning how to code, but how do you apply it would be very, very good. And then you get into the more complex projects where actually you do need an IT guy who's maybe upskilled or a data scientist. So it depends what you're trying to achieve. But on the whole, you don't need you know, to, to, to be that technical to take advantage of AI and B2B marketing. Fantastic. And just a note to our audience say that if you want to learn more from Katie about AI, um, Katie's going to be speaking at Ignite London 2022, um, which is taking place on the 6th of July. So you can book your place now by following the link in the description. We've got great speakers all the way from Katie herself, all the way through to Catherine Alexander, who's VP of Training Services at the wonderful Corporate Visions. We've also got Tim Williams, CEO of Onlytica, Rebecca Hurst, Chief Marketing Communications Officer at EY, and many, 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 many more. Um, so as I say, if you want to attend Ignite London, just follow the link in the description. But Katie, putting AI aside, um, what other technologies do you think are going to be bringing B2B marketing into the next generation in the coming years? You know, things like the metaverse spring to mind, but you know, what are your thoughts? Yeah, the well, metaverse is clearly fascinating. Um, we're seeing brands like Disney and Coca-Cola, Sotheby's, HSBC. They're starting to enter that virtual space. Um, and getting really creative with it as well. So I think there's huge potential there for marketing. I spoke at a conference recently on the metaverse and AI in the real estate sector. And there's some fascinating examples there worldwide, you know, across bringing the properties to life and all sorts of cool things that are going on there. So I think that, I think cryptocurrency is certainly one for for marketers to, to be aware of, you know, a marketing budget could well be um, in the form of a digital currency, you know, one day soonish. who knows? Very difficult to pinpoint timings with, with anything like this. And so there's lots of gray areas. There's lots of hype. You know, I've been speaking about AI and writing about it for five, seven years. And it was certainly in that innovation phase of the peak of paranoia and so on. And I think some of these technologies that you're talking about now are in that same space. So until we start to see you know, more of the um, 
examples and real case studies and real benefits, then we don't yet move into that plateau of productivity. So I'll see, I think we'll see fluctuations. I think we'll see, um, for example, like I say, with cryptocurrency, when the fluctuations cool down, we'll start to see payments like that becoming maybe standard in, in business finance. But, you know, they're just a couple of examples. Quantum is coming further down the line. GPT-3 will be very cool for marketing, you know, because of its ability to really help a marketer in B2B to create very, very personalized content. So, you know, variations of what we've already got and some newer areas too. Mm. And do you think with those technologies that you've just mentioned, they are, they're perhaps not crucial right now, but they will be in the future. So do you think there's an opportunity for some marketers to really get an advantage over their peers by, Definitely. by really investing? Yeah. And that's what we're doing, aren't we, in marketing? You know, we often, it depends on the product or service that you're providing, you know, in the, that B2B space, but we need competitive advantage. You know, we can't be an also ran, but some companies are prepared to sit back and be more of a laggard, but certainly the ones that want to innovate, want to stay ahead, they need to, it doesn't mean they have to go and make major investments. And one of the things I advise is sort of having a watching brief on the competition, having a watching brief on that technology in your industry sector, and, and then doing some proofs of concept and some small, um, you know, iterative um, examples of how you might use it. So yeah, you're spot on there. Fantastic. So with that in mind, how do you think that marketers can prepare to implement some of these technologies? I mean, you've mentioned a, a couple of ways there, you know, a bit of testing. Um, but yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so in both books, you know, think about the books. I've spent a lot of time interviewing some of the best people in the world, getting their case studies, you know, all different industry sectors and so on. And then what I've done with all of that research is turn it into, in book one, a scorecard for success. And in book two, which just came out in January, um, a framework. And so some of the things I just mentioned there, they can prepare by starting with what's our business strategy. You know, think of marketing at the heart of marketing is satisfying the customer or client's needs profitably. How can we do that? How can we invest in that technology? How can we change the mindset of our board so that they fully understand its importance? How can we ensure that we collaborate with the very many departments in the organization and, you know, might be talking about PR comms, digital, it might be sales, might be CX, might be HR, just for starters. So how do we collaborate, you know, with all of those? Um, there's some of the ones you've got to think about budget, you've got to think about um, education, the upskilling agenda that we just talked about. And then you've got to think about the big issues of ethics, consent, explainability. You know, if we had more time, we'd go into each of those for half an hour. But, you know, all of your listeners really need to think about that. But, you know, a small six month project where you take on board and you do a trial of some of these tools that are out there is an easy, cheap way to get started. Mm. And one of the things you mentioned there that's is absolutely crucial to the whole thing is, you know, changing the mindset of boards and, and really showing, you know, the importance of all these things to them. So, have you got any advice about how to go about doing that for a marketer? Yeah, I think, you know, they have been sceptical. And sorry, that's a huge generalisation. Depending on the industry sector, I've worked in everything, you know, from law and banking through to education and construction and different industry sectors. Of course, they've got their innovators, but many of them 
have people who perhaps have been in the organization a long time. They might be eyeing up retirement. They might not be wanting to be bothered by this latest wave of innovation. And so I think it's first of all doing a, a research project and doing a board paper and meeting that shows in a very relevant, non-hype way, how is technology like AI starting to revolutionize our sector in a very safe environment? And that could be face-to-face, that could be through a report, it could be somebody like me, it could be many other people out there. And then, like I say, doing a proof of concept and showing this works this is giving us benefits. You know, here are, because the great thing is marketing today is so much more measurable. We have all of these analytics that are just so powerful. And I think that's the thing. It's this, this technology, these tools are giving us the science to back up what we do. And if you're ignoring that, you genuinely, as a marketeer, whether you're 50 plus like me or just start, starting at 20, you're going to get left behind. So, you know, that's what they need to do with their sceptical managers, directors, CEOs, you know, to prove to them this works and not to spend tons of money in doing that or people are going to get scared off by that investment that's required. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, bear with me on this next question because I've got a lot to get through. (laughs) Um, But, you know, just looking at the big picture, by which I mean, you know, the changing role of marketing over the last 10, 15, 20 years or so, um, and it seems that there's been, I'd say, you know, an increasing reliance on technology to get the job done. So, you know, uh, intent data has come into play. Um, there's a lot more reliance on, um, you know, CRMs and so on. And obviously, you know, there's a, there's countless benefits to all of this technology. No, no one's debating that. But there's an argument that some of it might have been to the detriment of just creativity and, and campaigns that really, really uh, impact people. So, you know, for instance, the, the dawn of marketing automation, whilst very useful, uh, has arguably led marketers to a world of just constant spamming, uh, certainly in some instances. But recently, it feels like there's been something of a pushback. So marketers like Paul Cash, for instance, arguing for the humanization of B2B once again. So with this in mind, um, you know, what do you think marketers' relationship with technology should look like going forwards? And how can they ensure they're not just using the latest toys just because they're available? Mm, such an important point, David. So um, let me take that, break that down. So that actually, that whole framework you talked about there does serve, you know, the reason I created that standardized framework, the reason I worked with Rolls-Royce and used their Aletheia framework in my second book as well. So, you know, all the transformations, whether they're small ones or major ones, they've got to start with that strategy, you know, that why. So I think it's, Starting your journey on the right foot, ensuring that that course that you set out for you, for the organization, for the goals, you're clear what you're trying to achieve with it. You're not just jumping on that bandwagon technology for technology's sake. So, you know, businesses haven't got the time or the budget to embark on a vanity AI project. Um, you know, and if the the AI that we're talking about here doesn't solve tangible problems, then they're not going to make any money. They're not going to survive, you know, etc. So, like I say, what, what does success look like? You know, what are some of those goals? Now, the bit about tech being the, you know, potentially the death of creativity, I'd push back on a little bit um, and I'll explain why. I think technology can open up doors and avenues for marketers. It can enable them to be creative. I think of 
the work I've got to get through for, for my clients, and I've run a PR agency, a fairly small one, you know, under 12 people for 10, 12 years, but I was a director of one of the largest for many years, and we listed on the stock exchange. So I've kind of been in that world of the importance of creativity, and we can get bogged down very easily doing the boring stuff doing the manual, laborious stuff, the report writing, the research and so on. So actually, you know, AI can free you up. You know, I talk about the three Ds, the dirty, dull and dangerous. And the AI can do some of that grunt work uh, that we as marketers have had to do. So, and again, despite what popular fiction, you know, the AI isn't all seeing, all doing. It requires a boss. It requires a human in the loop. And that's what we do. So let the AI do some of that grunt work. You come in in the morning and it's already done for you. It saved you a couple of hours work. So it should free you up to be more creative, to analyze what it's found. And then just one quick thing, the AI can actually be creative. Think of what Lexus have done with IBM Watson, where... Think of when you're trying to brainstorm as a team a, a creative campaign, and what you do is, and I certainly don't, I've gone and analysed what are the three best B2B award-winning campaigns from 2021. The AI can do the same thing. It can break that down. So let the AI help you with some of that creativity, and then you do all the fun bits that, that comes back with that. So, mm. you know, let's not leave the tech autonomously to do its thing let's sense check let's be involved let's have a human in the loop and that's so important in banking and insurance and so on for reasons we can go into perhaps another time absolutely yeah I, I think just following on from that though there's there's an uncomfortable truth that I think most marketers I'll say probably have more tech and data than they actually know what to do with um, you know it seems like every year there's another source of data that everyone's singing and dancing about and I think that perhaps another piece of tech might just ultimately cause more confusion and ultimately greater indecision. Um, but what are your thoughts on this? I mean, mm. do you disagree? Do you agree? To some extent, I disagree because it's really, you know, change is uncomfortable, isn't it? Look at the Kubler-Ross. Look, look at the way we had to adapt to the change of the pandemic. Look at the way we've adapted to change in my 30-year career. You know, the internet, the digital platforms, now AI, something else coming down the line. And this discomfort is, you know, a characteristic of any new chapter that we go into. So I think that's one thing. You know, we've resisted, we resisted many of those previous ones. Um, so I think it's just the shift. What we have to think about is, you know, it's a shift away from the way that we used to work. We shouldn't be just adding onto this whole pile AI. We should be making it work for us and making it be an improvement on what's come before. Um, and, and that's why it's so valuable. So I think when the when marketers in you know all all spaces, but, but particularly in B two B, can see the optimization possibilities, I think that resistance will dissipate. Mm. And this brings us nicely back to AI. So, do you think that's where the true value of artificial intelligence lies? Helping marketers make sense of all this data and technology and, and all the rest of it. Definitely. I mean, think about it in our daily lives. You know, we've got it in our daily lives, even if we we, we don't necessarily think of it, you know, in our smartphones, in our um, Alexa devices and others. Think of it helping get us a cure for COVID, you know, vaccine, not cure, sorry, but a vaccine, you know, that was speeded up 
um, to down to a year for an area that might have taken 10 or 12 years. So all of these are telling a story, you know, that the AI is basically the data, the data insights are helping the marketers to, to understand, to tell a story. And that's the holy grail. You know, that level of information is really the holy grail that we as marketers have been looking for. So, yeah, I think it does lie in that. Um, but it's very easy to get lost in that project. We've got to, to understand what's the strategy. Let's do a small proof of concept. Let's iterate that. Let's work out which are the tools, use them, find the benefits and then take it on from there. So, you know, automating your messaging, managing your campaigns, crafting some content, helping with the e-shots, report writing, all that great stuff. We will look back and say, oh my God, how did I do all of that so manually like I do now? And I look back to the things I did 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah, ab absolutely. And on that note, um, I think that's all we've got time for today. But what is your session at Ignite London going to be talking about? I know it's on AI, but what are the, what are the kind of key takeaways you're hoping marketers can take away from it? Yeah, so we've touched on, on some of them here. I want to give practical case studies. I want to give them real examples so that, again, it's not hype, so that they can really understand this organization did that, this organization in B2B achieved that. I want to help them think about how they get started. I want to help them think about what some of the big issues are, ethics and so on, and what perhaps is, is coming down the line in the future as well. So yeah, they're the main things. Brilliant. Well, if anyone has uh, if had their interest in AI piqued by this podcast, um, do check out Ignite London where you can hear all that great stuff from Katie and many, many more sessions. Um, as I say, we've got a link in the description um, and the event itself will be taking place on the 6th of July. So Katie, thank you very much and uh, we'll see you again soon. Thanks, David. See you all at the session. See you there. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.